Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. They have things a little bit more figured out, um, but it, it was a little bit of a letdown seeing such an awesome win and then going back to see that 6-2 loss to the Penguins. Mm-hmm. And it, almost the exact opposite in this game, Casey, and that's what, what feels maybe a little bit frustrating is that it really seemed like for, well, a a good amount of the game, it was back and forth. However, I would say that while the Lightning were only down a goal coming into the third period, Mm -hmm. that the Penguins really did kind of own the ice throughout that game. Uh, Just the way that they played, the way that they were having, you know, they, they, yeah, the Penguins, they were faster to the puck. They were quicker on the ice. Their transition game was was just more fluid. Mm-hmm. They they really uh, they did a good job of keeping the Lightning at bay and and kind of on their heels, not knowing what to do almost all night. And I just mentioned the high danger chances in the Columbus game where the Lightning did fantastic, and they had you know a fifteen to two high danger chances. This game is almost the opposite. They had eight, they allowed 18 high danger chances nice. and, they only, and they only had five. So, I mean, that's a pretty significant drop off. The fact that they really just were not able to get pucks on stick, pucks near goal. They mm-hmm. just were not able to get there. Um, and you have to credit, you know, Moose and, and Brian Elliott for what he was able to do. He stopped 27 of 29 shots in the first two periods. Um, and, and, but things just kind of fell apart after that. And I don't attribute that to Brian Elliott's fault. Um, you know, it, it, it was hard to see, um, you know, he, he allowed three goals on 15 shots in, in, in the third. And that's just, you hate to see that. Um, it, it, it's just not what you want to see. And, it, it feels just frustrating because you know from the game that you saw before that mm-hmm. this team could be better. Um, and, and and in what ways? Yeah, and in, and in what ways? You know, special teams wasn't perfect. Um, you know, I, I, w- I frankly want to zone in a little bit more on the penalty kill. And I think that they're really missing a guy like Anthony Sorelli because he is such a shut down guy mm-hmm. and he was very strong on the penalty kill. And, 
and they don't have him. And, and that is impacting this team. You're seeing it on the penalty kill. I think it'll take some time for this penalty kill to really get things going and really yeah. get in the zone. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you mentioned the the penalty kill there, Kay, because a lot of great things that you actually noted, especially that high danger stuff, it, it's really uh, puts things into perspective. But let's just say over the course of the weekend, this team has drawn in 12 penalties um, over three games, actually not just the weekend, 12 penalties over three games, that's four penalties a game. And at that point, you know, I try to defend them the other the other pucks and bolts episode where I was like, okay, well, it's just four to the, to the Rangers, six. Yeah, but you can't be collecting for every single game. And just to add to the penalty kill issue there, when you're drawing those penalties and you're giving the other team power play opportunities and you're putting your, your PK unit out there more than, you know, your five on five units, almost that's going to be problematic. Um, especially for a team that likes to convert most of their points through the power play. So they're not even setting themselves up to be on the power play because they're too busy killing off things. Um, Sorelli being a key part, key part of that. Absolutely. But something else that wasn't helpful for this team is the fact that they're still trying to groom whomever is going to fill that Anthony Sorelli void. And that's kind of where, you know, I started seeing some notes about Cole Kopka. No, he didn't play versus Pittsburgh, but he did do well versus the Blue Jackets. He showed some quality forechecking ability. And a lot of the notes that I was seeing was saying that some of his skill set can translate to partially fill that void of Anthony Sorelli not being in the lineup. So maybe instead of Fortier being in, you're going to see a lot more Cole being in there and him contributing to the to the penalty kill um, that kind of touches back to what I mentioned moments ago Vladdy he is that guy who you know he has this versatility to him he can be more defensive minded I think they're going to try to get him more involved in that PK um, and he's been helpful thus far I mean they're sitting at 75% through three games but this is a team that's typically sitting 85 or higher on penalty kill percentage um so that was that. And then something else to keep in mind here, Pittsburgh had 13 takeaways to the Bolts, four takeaways. So aside from the penalty kill, it's their five on five that has to clean up. But I know a lot of that is still finding what gels and, um, you know, how smoothly to run these lines and, and, and these shifts. But you can't have 13 takeaways and expect to manage a game whatsoever. That's poor puck management. Coach Cooper mentioned it after the game. And if you're going to give away the puck and then you're going to draw penalties and force yourself to be functioning on PK, you're not setting yourself up for success. And typically I don't, I, I meant to pull the percentage, but typically when the lightning score first, they put themselves in great positioning to control the rest of the game. Now, while they did stay in it against a high powered offense in the first period and second period and kind of let off the gas in the third period, um, that's something that they can't do. Victor Hedman said it. We have to play three periods of hockey, and that's going to be a big thing. As simple as that phrase is, that's going to be a big, a big thing to remember heading into the Lightning hosting the Flyers Tuesday night at Amelie Arena. Yeah, and and just to continue, this team is frustrated. You know, Victor said Victor Hedman said it after the game. He said. It's frustrating to feel like we're right there. And and they and they kind of were. Again, I, I think that the Penguins still kind of controlled that game, but you look at the score and the Lightning were in it going into the third period. Yeah. Um, and it just not allowing um a team to really get get that strong start in the third. You have to play all three periods. Braden Point said it's a wake-up call for us. And so I think that this team is probably going to put some work in today. They, I think they had an off day yesterday, practice yeah. today, put some work in, 
and then really get after the Flyers team. Uh, and Casey, they're they're going to see a Flyers team that, frankly, is 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 kind of hot. And 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 the city of Philadelphia. I mean, they're just you you get the Phillies winning, and uh, the Flyers are feeding off of that. And we've seen that here in Tampa. We've seen yep. what it can be like when you have teams, you know, in the same city feeding off of each other and really looking towards uh, getting championships and, and elevating their game. So we are about to get into our storm watching segment, but before we do that, Casey, we got to put our fingers and we got to decide our cherry pickers. Do you want to explain to the fans what the cherry picker is and how they can get involved and maybe let us know their own cherry pickers? Right. So cherry picker is typically almost more of a standout, like, key defense guy, if you will, but we're using it as just a standout guy. So we're just going to cut half the phrase in half. It's not always defense, but somebody who just really kind of contributes all around. Um, and, and again, as your standout guy. So whenever we talk about cherry pickers here on pucks and bolts, we're talking about that standout player or that difference maker. So it doesn't always have to be one of the three stars of the game. And maybe we will do our own three stars of the game here and there. But, uh, yeah, when we get into that cherry picker, moment segment unit um that's kaylee and i kind of letting you guys know hey either keep an eye on this guy he was a significant or key player in any of the previous games that we just talked about so kaylee i'm gonna throw it right back at you who's your okay. anchor of the weekend you know my back to back yeah my cherry picker and i'm i'm gonna go is if you, if you listen to Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, you know, sometimes I just got to go basic. So my <laughs> cherry picker is Steven Stamkos. Um, just the way that he was able to execute his leadership. I think seeing him after the lines got shuffled, seeing him play in the center position, his natural position, he really shines there. Yeah. I really like to see that. His chemistry with Alex Kalorn, I think, is, is fantastic. And so the fact that he was able to contribute a few goals on the weekend, uh, some assists, and really get some of those shots in there, uh, I, I really – I liked to see that, and uh, he is, because of the way that he plays, because of how he is, um, because of his leadership, for all of those reasons, he is going to be my cherry picker for the weekend. Love that. And so well earned also, whether whether people think it's basic or not, because how many people can you say, how many players, how many skaters have 492 assist points? Like, oh he goodness, just collected yeah. his 492nd, and this again, this is a season where week by week, there's going to be something that Steven Samkos is, is breaking or uh, equating to in the record books there. So for a minute, I was going to go with one other guy, but it just wouldn't make sense to not pick the kid. I oh, wanted him to yeah. step up a little bit. Um, I wanted to see him more involved. I wanted to hear his name more. He felt too silent in game one and then started to come to life in game two. And I feel like Ross Colton is just going to build. Um, he's coming out of a season where he played 79 games, 22 goals, 17 assists, 39 points, and a plus four. So I feel like Ross Colton is starting to really find his identity. And even though he's young, once you start finding your identity in hockey, you can be unstoppable. And when he finds his identity and he starts to secure what his role really is on this team, and like I said, it's a good notation to see him, you know, functioning on a different line, that third line there. Um, I think Colton's just going to continue to build. His chemistry with Vladdy is going to continue to grow. And I think we're going to see some really great things out of him. And so I got to give it, I got to give it to Ross, the boss. 
um, or the kid, as I will forever call him for my cherry picker, over the weekend, which takes us into some storm watching, Kaylee. It's time to see what's brewing, what's roaring. Who's marching in to Tampa Bay, Tampa, to, Tampa, Tory. It, we could call it Tampa, Tory. Um, Tampa, That's fun. Again, as, as Tampa Bay tries to solidify the fact that they are a hockey town, how will they manage hosting the Philadelphia Flyers? Um, Tuesday night home opener 